Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter. That is Tim. Yo. <laughs> we are here. We are a horror movie podcast. We get together every week. We talk about a horror film that we've watched. It's really that simple. Uh, we are kicking off Werewolf Month with Late Phases, a movie that I actually just saw for the first time last year. I, this was one that I tried to get in is because we knew we were doing like a best of the decade at the end of the, the year. I'm mean, going to say last year because by the time this goes up, it's actually longer than that because this is not going up to uh, March but or no April this is April 2021 now um we're recording this in the past time travel but uh so yeah I think around September October 2019 uh is when I I watched this for the first time uh and you know, we were geared up for werewolf month put some different you know big movies on there that we hadn't done yet and uh, but one of the smaller ones that I thought was worth doing was was this. Uh, so Late Phases, also known as Night of the Wolf, and also, I think, known as Late Phases Lone Wolf for the Night. <laughs> so there's a few different mm. titles for some reason, but Late Phases is the the core real title. Uh, so this is something we'll do. Obviously, we'll start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. The basic premise of Late Phases is that uh, uh, an older man, a vet, uh, who is blind joins a retirement sort of community a gated retirement community and there's a werewolf attack and he basically has a month to prepare for the next time this happens he, he's you know he's smart enough to kind of like figure out what's happened and he spends a month uh, preparing getting weapons planning and ultimately making sort of peace with the fact that he's probably going to a bit of a suicide mission to try and take on a werewolf and uh go down swinging so uh, it's, it's a movie. Obviously, the the title is a bit of a double meaning because it's you know about the the, the latter part of his life and looking back at his his mistakes and that kind of thing and what's he going to do on his way out and uh, obviously late phases also tying in with the moon and, and the wolf and all the rest of it. So um, that's the basic gist of the film. Uh, well, I asked him first of all. Uh, you had seen this before, right? This wasn't a first watch. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of funny. Because this came out in 2014, I believe. That's right. The... Uh, so what's weird is... Uh, I, I forget if I saw it last year or the year before. Um, but... Uh, and, and I guess last year, I mean two, 2019. Uh, I forget if it was then or 2018. But like... This is one of those ones where I had no clue this existed. And then... Um, I feel like in the last... Uh, like I, I never heard anyone recommending like 2014, 15, 16. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, in like the last one or two years, I, I feel like a lot of people bring this up. Uh, when you're talking about werewolf movies, like people are like, "Oh, you know what? What is pretty good is you know the, this one, Late Phases." And I don't know, like maybe it's just something that kind of you know took a little while to gain some uh steam or whatever. But um. Yeah, no, it, it's it's funny because it's one that it, it seemed like it's yeah, been around for a while, but it isn't maybe until just recently yeah. that actually that started hearing people talk about. I wonder if it's just because it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon Prime mm. US had it when I watched it last year and it had it when I watched it like today. So it's been on Amazon Prime US for a while. I was like, for the, the first time I watch it, I'm pretty sure I watched it on Shudder. Like this time okay. I watched it on Prime, but I want to say it was on Shudder at least for a little while. Yeah, so I wonder if it that's maybe wrong, just, but... you know, that, that's lent itself to the discoverability. Because, I, yeah, I, I watched it because I was just looking at recommended lists of, like, you know, what horror gems have there been in the, the mm-hmm. decade at the time. And I, I didn't get to everything I wanted to see. You know, I had a list of about like, 25 movies that I wanted to get through. I got through maybe half of them in time for the end of the mm-hmm. year. Um, So I'll have to go back to that list at some point and actually make a point of watching the rest. Because, you know, some of them sounded mm-hmm. quite interesting. And what was interesting is there was this one and another movie, which we're not doing this month, but we'll definitely do it at some point, another werewolf movie called Hill. And what was stuck out to me about there have been a couple of werewolf movies is that I've kind of long had the opinion that there was two good werewolf movies and every other one kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and so, some were watchable, you know, like Silver Bullet's kind of watchable. Bad Moon, which we did a while ago, had some novelty and a couple of cool things about it. But for the most part... the they kind of they kind of suck. Yeah, like the first thing I think of after the good ones, I'm I'm thinking of like cursed, and then, then you're thinking about uh, what do you call it? And cursed, by the way, we have reviewed. It is a bonus episode which you can access on Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV uh, for one dollar per month. You get access to the back catalog. Cursed is one of the films we did on there, so you can get our thoughts on that. Very, 
I think that was over and over that episode, so uh, fairly in depth. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was kind of like, like uh, I was like, okay, I've been told of some good werewolf movies, so I, I went into <laughs> late phases with like, okay, impress me then. What you got for me? <laughs> uh, but anyway, Tim, what's your thoughts? I, what's your what's your general opinion on on late phases? Well, uh, I mean, just quick before that, I mean, I, I do agree that, like, there does seem to be a lot less good werewolf movies. Like, I I definitely think there's more, you know, than two, but I, I do understand why you would have that thinking, because, like, in terms of, like, all-time classics, like, yeah, there really isn't uh, that many. Um, and, and I, I mean, I don't know why. I, I think there are a lot that are, like, you know, maybe bad, but, like, cheesy fun, mm-hmm. though, and and then also a lot that are just like straight up bad, but um, I mean I I do love werewolves though, so like uh yeah I I am also kind of like yeah maybe <laughs> I don't always believe that yeah they're necessarily good, but uh, I am always like on the lookout for you know one that might might uh be good, uh but anyway late phases uh yeah I, I freaking love this I uh yeah I, again it was one that I just offhandedly heard some people recommend and then uh yeah the first time I watched it. I was very pleasantly surprised uh, by how much I liked it. And then watch it again. Yeah, it still really held up for me. I think, you know, uh, a lot of it is, you know, the main character who, you know, <laughs> obviously is like, I mean, he's a jerk. He's an asshole, but you kind of love him. Uh, you know, like he, <laughs> I think like he's, um, I don't know, just, there's just something that's like very intriguing. <laughs> I, I feel like following him and, uh, the you know like werewolves i I think are are cool in this um and i I do like anything that like uh you know like just tries to maybe have like you know something like different about it like the you know like you don't see this these type of people like in horror movies like usually it's like you know young sexy co-eds or or whatever that like are the main characters and like having this set in like a retirement community I think like is a very interesting, you know, novel uh, idea, and then like you said, you know, kind of has like this double meaning where it's like, uh, you know, the the later phase uh, of your life, um, and then you know, throwing a monster in that is really cool. But yeah, no, I, I think it's a very entertaining, uh, little bit of a movie. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised as well. Um, there is one thing you said there that I disagree with. I think the werewolves in this look like shit. Uh, it's, it's, it's the biggest problem with this movie is how bad the werewolves look. Uh, they look like absolute trash. They they look like cheap Halloween like... store costumes. They look bad. I, I think there's like a charm to it though. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, maybe it's just because I, I just like cheesy stuff <laughs> too much. But they, they, they do look bad. Like but it. it's the, it's the thing where it doesn't ultimately matter that much because that's not really what the movie's about. Um and it does hide them a lot early on as well because the whole idea is that he's blind. Yeah. So to so to emulate that for us the audience we don't necessarily get to see them all that much uh, until quite late in the film. Um, there's a lot I like about this. The main character is very likable. You know he's 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 very, I mean he's obviously obviously a bit of a shithead to people, but he's very yeah. stubborn. He's very upfront. He's very coarse. But he also calls people out on their bullshit. You know, when he has, like, these neighbors come over to try and welcome him and they, they try and, like, you know, do that, like, uh, passive-aggressive, acting nice, trying to suggest things, and he just basically tells them to piss off, like, very quickly. I, uh, yeah, like, I think they I think they say something, like, where he they're like, oh, like, you know, like, he he's, like, talking about, like, uh, you know, he he was in the, Viet- I think, a Vietnam War. Yeah, he was in Vietnam, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, yeah, I think they're like, oh, well, just thank you so much for your service. And he's just kind of like, oh, do you hear? We lost that one. <laughs> or, like, something <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, he, he's not, like, one for, like, yeah. Like, Small talk just, or nice. He's, yeah. he's no nonsense, <laughs> doesn't have time for it. Yeah. And he also has the added thing. And, and as someone who, you know, whose father had MS, like, there is definitely something uh, to people who have some sort of ailment. And obviously being blind is very different from having MS. But where. Mm-hmm. There is this determination to show that you don't need help as much as you can. And he has that a yeah. lot in this movie where he's constantly saying, I don't need help with this, I don't need help with that. I, you know, I've got it from here, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it, it'll be very sarcastic with people who try to offer him help when he doesn't think he needs it. Um, and that's yeah. something that he, he is a big part of his character uh, throughout. Is he's he's it, de- determined to prove his own independence. Yeah. Yeah, and it, like... Uh... There's, there's like some like yeah like genuine like frustration it feels like between him and his son who like mm-hmm. 
yeah just like really wants to help him be like comfortable and <laughs> like it kind of seems like he like kind of hates his son <laughs> at some points <laughs> but um but I, I think there's like some genuinely like yep, nice moments between them though yeah uh the movie is it's kind of an interesting structure and i really appreciate about it and obviously you have the basic premise of it's a blind man who has to prepare to take on a werewolf on his own that and initially that mm-hmm. immediately is already kind of like oh that's intriguing yeah. that's tantalizing like how does he do that but then you also have the retirement commitment thing but i think the big thing that structurally makes the movie fascinating to me is that it does this thing where there's a real attack in the first five ten minutes of the film right after we've introduced the mm-hmm. character the first night he's in this community there's a real attack and based on a couple of things you know he finds a claw uh, it turns out there's been a, a, an attack about a month ago and then he realizes it's the full moon and he sort of put this together and, it, and the movie does not dwell on this it doesn't like have him ponder the existence of werewolves he just knows he just he senses it and yeah. it just goes from there and I love that the movie then structurally is like we don't like go through multiple months where like each time something different happens. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. The movie takes place over one month from the night this werewolf attack happens, and then it's all about building to the next time because that's when he's going to fight it. So he's got a month to to prepare, and we, you know, I, I love movies with like rules and plans and you know the mm-hmm. mechanics of things. And watching him kind of just try and like prepare in small ways, like. You see him like going around his house, like counting his footsteps in each room to sort of try and remember how how many steps it is to get to certain doors and how he can get around the house quickly as quickly as he can, given his condition and all that yeah. stuff. To me, is like super fun. And <clears throat> but then you also have him like you know interacting with you know the neighbors and like the the priest who's kind of a like a nicer guy who he kind of like bonds with a little bit. Uh, who of course is an actor, uh, recognizably Tom Noonan, who you might know as a. As a horror fan, you might know him mainly as the guy from House of the Devil. Um, mm-hmm. but obviously, other things too. Uh, Larry Fisk. Uh, Manhunter, big one. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, Manhunter. And of course, you have, uh, what's his face? Larry Fessender? Fessenden. That's Fessenden. Mm-hmm. Who pops up in a lot of small roles. He's in this as a, as a, as a gravestone salesman. But he <laughs> actually, of course, directed that Frankenstein movie we did at the start of uh, mm-hmm. 2020. Um whose name i'm depraved depraved thank you i was oh I, I, yeah. my name blank he directed that if he's in here so there's, there's a few staples of low budget horror filmmaking kind of sprinkled into this uh in a personnel level um yeah. and it's written by eric stoltz who if i remember correctly no it's not the actor eric stoltz it just happens to have the same name <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's also spelled a little bit differently i think but yeah okay uh, that that makes sense because i I, I saw his name in the credits and I, I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't really bother doing any research after that. I was just like, oh, no, that's no. interesting. Okay. A different person just, just happens to be a very similar name uh, to yeah. the actor. I know. Yeah. And, uh, so now, yeah, going off something that you said, uh, like, yeah, I, I like that. Um, yeah, he is uh, very proactive, which, you know, is something that I think we've talked about a lot before in other movies. Like, we love when a main character, um, you know, decides to fight back and you know isn't this just kind of helpless person that waits the whole movie and then like stands up in the last 10 minutes like i i do like that he's very yeah, proactive and smart from the start and uh, yeah like you said he's not dwelling on like could this be huh i wonder if uh mm-hmm. you know do werewolves exist let me go to a computer and type in werewolves and <laughs> you know, get see, like, you know, like, <laughs> oh imagine uh, imagine we got the the research scene right but it was a computer with like uh, the voice assist on for blind people oh, so it'd be like this google has turned up 572,000 search results for werewolf yeah. <laughs> you know i might almost like it like uh, obviously we we hate those research scenes it, it might almost be worth it just to see the novelty of yeah. like how, how would you do that with all the voices like interlapping yeah. and stuff well, that's, that's pretty funny um, um but no, like yeah, like I yeah, I love seeing him prepare, and then like as and when it starts to get closer, um, uh, you know, you kind of start seeing the person who is the werewolf is also kind of like preparing, yeah, uh, like yeah. which is cool. Well, I mean, it really plays on the idea that he's a soldier, and that, I mean, we get, I mean, we'll get into this more in spoilers, but there's some of his backstory that thematically comes into kind of like, you know, what his character arc is and what he's going through and what he what he's kind of ha- trying to prove to himself at the end, and one of the things you said that you know. He, it, there's several moments in this film where 
he's so determined to be independent but also not be vulnerable but it doesn't matter how like tough he is it doesn't matter how planned th- th- things are there are moments where like someone will be standing there and he'll he'll know they're there because he's really good with his with his with his hearing with his smell he's really good at catching things like that um you know there's a moment in fact one of the things that comes up right at the start of the movie is uh he's got a dog named shadow and the son like mentions why does the dog not like me and he says it's you know, it's your scent you've got your mother's scent and it's a really <laughs> cool double meaning moment because on the one hand it tells us that he you know pays attention to his you know to, to his sense of smell a bit more than most people mm. probably do um and which makes sense because it's something that apparently you know does happen when you're blind or you lose another sense is you kind of end up relying on the other ones a little bit more but also it leads to the conversation about you know the fact that his wife you know passed away some time ago that he's not really talked about it it tells us that he's emotionally distant he hasn't talked to his son about these things um yeah so it, it does that but you know there's this like determination to prove like what he is that when he's in moments where clearly it is like a, a hindrance there's moments where he is impaired by what this is you know you know b- b- by his blindness it does give it this weird like and in a good way this double kind of thing where he does feel strong he does feel like he's going to stick up for himself but even with all that strength there it is still a bit tense because he has got this 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 vulnerability there um yeah and i, I think that that's really effective in, in those moments but yeah it is very much a movie you know, i don't want to say it's like it's like a like like a, a first blood type movie but there is definitely elements <laughs> of him getting over like what he went through as a vet yeah. and choices he's made in his life and why he's willing to yeah. fight the way he is here yeah i like that it doesn't like you know i don't think it's necessarily like a very political movie but yeah you know, i like mm-hmm. that you know it doesn't necessarily like glorify like you know the army or war or anything like it's not like you know hey i was in the army so i'm a badass you know it's like oh no it's like no, yeah, he's Ferdin. a tough guy, but yeah, Ferdin is the opposite. You know, when he talks about it, he talks about how you know he went in all like optimistic about saving lives, but that's not really what his experience was. He's came back just like with all these broken like ideas of who he is yeah. and what right and wrong is. Like you know, he his experience is not pleasant. It doesn't sound like positive no. in any way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I no, I, I I like that. Um, and. I think the the uh the actor that plays him, I think, does like a, a really good job yeah, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, really sells it. Haven't seen him much. Apparently, I saw him in the twenty twelve film Premium Rush, which is the the bike <laughs> delivery movie with Joseph Gordon Levitt, which it's like a okay. Michael Shannon's the bad guy. Uh, it's a fun little action movie. I don't remember him being oh, there. Really? I'm, I'm sure I'd recognize him now if I saw it again. But uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a fun movie. It's- Joseph Gone Levitt trying to like get through oh, New sure. York yeah. on a bike and <laughs> ring from bad corrupt cops and stuff. It's you know, it's, it's a movie. It's a, it's a thing. Um, no werewolves in it. But... What is, is that how we're judging good and bad now? No werewolves, <laughs> therefore it is not that good. Is that what you're saying? I mean, uh, if it, a movie can still be good if it doesn't have werewolves in it, but you're like you're starting off in a deficit. Like you have to kind of <laughs> work work your way up from there. I'm pretty sure you admitted in the opening of this podcast that most werewolf movies aren't that good. So I'm not sure why this is now a gauge for, oh, that's a point deducted. No werewolves. I had a change of heart. What can I say? If, if anything, it's the opposite. If there is a werewolf, there's a, you start off in a deficit and then you have to prove to me that you're not just some shitty werewolf movie. Fair. Sure. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but no. No, I mean, honestly, this one, it's kind of like equally a character drama as, as like a werewolf horror mm-hmm. movie, but yeah. it, it blends those things so well together that, uh, and I have to say, watching it a second time now, I think I liked it even more the second time. Yeah, me too. Just because I, because knowing what it was going into it and sort of mm-hmm. like taking it as like, you know you know not because the first time with any movie you go into it, like okay i know kind of roughly what this is supposed to be but you sort of get a taste for it and you understand as the movie goes what it is and you realize oh it's not this it's that or it's this is what the, the pacing is going to be this is what the structure is this is what the character journey is watching it a second time knowing where it's going and just sort of appreciating all the details that are building up to where it goes is, is you know is definitely something where good movies tend to benefit from a second viewing um yeah. typically if something is is lesser the second time i would say that that's proof that it's not as good a movie i mean it's maybe still be good mm. but that's a a fault 
Sure. Yeah. Yes. Good movie should stand up under scrutiny, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> That's fine. So, yeah, I think we're probably ready to just a bit go spoilers. So I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers. Uh, at the time of recording, uh, we are recording these episodes way in advance, of course, because Tim's going on paternity leave. But thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Born Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are Patreon producers, at least at the end of November 2020. <laughs> so thank you to you guys. Uh, you can, of course, support us over in patreon.com slash TV. At that tier, but you can go much lower than that, sure. You don't have to give us $20. You can give us $1 per month, and that $1 will get you access to the back catalogue of all the bonus episodes we've done for Patreon, which are on pause just now for a while. Uh, again, the aforementioned paternity leave, but uh, there's a good 20-plus episodes that are in there right now you can get access to for that $1, and there'll be more coming, uh, coming starting again sometime in spring. Uh, late spring probably um but you can also of course get early access to episodes starting at the five dollar tier uh by a day and that goes for all the episodes coming out uh even now and of course you get access to stuff from other shows and all sorts of other things so go and have a look and see if you're interested to help keep all the content coming and uh yeah and if you can't do that don't feel bad you can obviously hit the like button and subscribe and all those usual things on youtube because they all do help us uh they'll help youtube recommend us out and help us find more audience members so please do hit the like button that's important, even if it seems stupid. Because it is stupid, but it's important too. And that's <laughs> annoying. It's a, it's a weird catch-22, but it, do it. Thank you. <laughs> I thought you were going to add something, Tim. You looked like you were on the cusp of saying something. Mm. Nah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, mean, I, I, some, I was I, thinking of saying... Uh... <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll say a uh, a like without a subscribe is like a hometown without the pride. Jeez, <laughs> oh, um, I don't know what you say to that. Okay, uh, full spoilers for late phases from this point forth. Um, so. I kind of love that the movie starts with him like shopping for a gravestone. It's kind of the perfect way to set us in the mood for, <laughs> like, well, no, yeah. thematically what the movie's about. It's like, hey, it's about this guy at the end of his journey, um, and this is what he's talking about. Uh, and we get him, you know, moving into the house. The neighbors coming over and being shocked that a blind man owns a gun, and that doesn't seem very safe. <laughs> uh, and he's like, no, I'm I'm well trained. I know what I'm doing with this. I, I know more about this gun than you do about Pop-Tarts. Piss off. <laughs> it's basically yeah. that. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's not like he's a dick to everyone, though, because there is the one neighbor who he meets outside who is very nice to him, and he's nice enough back, yeah. and says, oh, you know, I look forward to smelling you again. Which is, you know, it sounds, <laughs> from anyone else, it'd be weird, but from a blind person, it's kind of a sweet line. Um, yeah. And... Uh, notably that's the neighbor who dies in the first 10 minutes so mm. you know he's got a reason to care a little bit beyond just that he's in danger you know going forward um mm. and yeah so like he finds like a claw in the wall uh his dog of course is hurt during the, the dog defends him mm. right so the shadow goes out valiantly defending defending <sighs> uh ambrose very sad uh, yeah. Uh, did you think it was... So there's, there's two cop characters that always show up for like any of the cop mm -hmm. scenes, and one of them's an actor who I've seen in a bunch of stuff, and he's, like, fine and takes things seriously, but the second cop is like, constantly being a dick and, like, making old-age yeah. jokes and making jokes about, <laughs> oh, do you have any leads? He's like, oh, well, something with sharp teeth, I think. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a total toss pot. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's unnerving. But... Yeah, we we have him like, interact with the neighbors, and he notices these things. He wants to bury his dog, which his son and like daughter in law are not happy with because like they're like oh we don't want the dog in the car like all the blood like you know we can't just be yeah. messing up our car because <laughs> you want to take the dog home. <laughs> um, and like you know once we get going in the movie, you know he gets this like this flyer to go to go to church. There's like, there's, like a, a shuttle bus that takes all the people from the community to the church where he meets the priest. And the priest, again, is very frank with them, and he seems a bit more... He doesn't bullshit. You can tell that Ambrose likes people who don't bullshit him and just sort of, you know, yeah. have a conversation. Um, And he opens up a little bit to the priest. And a lot of the thematics in the movie kind of come out in these sequences where he, he talks about being in Vietnam, he talks about how he wanted to save lives, and ultimately, that's not what happened. And he tells this really dark story about a child that was used by the enemy. They strapped a grenade to a child and like, told the child to run towards them. 
and like everyone on his you know there like just hesitated and couldn't take the shot they couldn't like shoot this kid and he was the one who ultimately had to do it and this is something that he you know he still sees that kid you know he, he's blind but every time he shuts his eyes he still sees that that kid's face you know running towards him yeah um and, and this this idea of his past and there's a lot of talk of like uh the priest talking about how he still smokes but he used to be a really bad kid and he, he sort of turned his life around and he's still that you know you don't kill off that bad part of yourself it's still there but he sort of controls it he sort of relegated it to this like one vice and you know he's, he tries to be a good person otherwise and i think a lot of this movie is about the the acceptance of our main character that you know he he did start to shut people out he he was this miserable person he wasn't necessarily the greatest husband he wasn't the greatest father um mm-hmm. but he was always a good soldier and he was he never really was able to find a way to like sort of become the, the better version of himself and these other aspects of his life and it and mm-hmm. yeah because even the idea of the werewolf when you think about that that thematically the idea of the good side of yourself and the bad side of yourself like you know, sure. the, whole, the whole idea of the werewolf is that yeah the wolf side is this bad side that it takes over mm-hmm. and when we do eventually you know learn who the the, the werewolf is which it reveals very starkly he goes to uh mm-hmm. you know halfway through the movie he uh, ambrose goes to buy some bullets and he goes to this guy and he's like hey can you make silver bullets and he's like yeah which by the way this actor is bobby from twin peaks uh oh okay yeah uh who you might he, rec- he looked familiar i couldn't place him but yeah yeah well you'll recognize him at that age because in twin peaks 2017 he looks you know like this <laughs> but yeah obviously true, yeah. <laughs> he looks a lot different from what he looked like in the, the original show uh, yeah. um just going back to the to that previous scene the uh i i really really love uh tom newton and a part of it is because i just uh man i really dig house of the devil but uh it, it's so hard for me not to Actually, two things. One, it's uh, the combination of Tom Noonan, and then also uh, I just I, I also really love uh, Silver Bullet. Which spoiler, if you haven't seen that movie, um, seriously, you know, maybe seriously, he's he's going to spoil who the werewolf is. So I, I think yeah, so, anyway. spoiler. Yeah, so <laughs> may, maybe skip like uh you know fifteen thirty seconds if you haven't seen that movie uh from like. 30 years ago <laughs> but uh yeah so the combination of tom newton and uh my love for silver bullet where the priest is the werewolf in that one like it's so hard for me not to think that he's like the bad guy in this movie <laughs> hmm. yeah it's uh yeah it's He's very likable in this, though. I don't think he, I, I ever. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, maybe the first time I watched it, I was like sort of thinking, who, who, who could it be? Like, who, who could the, uh, yeah, who could the werewolf be? But it actually reveals mm-hmm. it's like the guy who helps like shuttle everyone, uh, who we see a few mm-hmm. times, of course, uh, talking to various characters, talking to Ambrose. Um, I like how it reveals it because when he goes to get the silver bullets, he just sort of says, "Hey, has anyone else ever asked for this?" Because it's kind of a weird, you know, request. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, now you mentioned it, someone asked about a year ago." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, could I ask who?" And he's like, oh, I'll have to look it up. And it just cuts to this guy looking in the mirror. And he's got, like, <laughs> these marks all over his body like he's been scratched a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And you get the impression, which I, I really like that this, and it's something that I, I don't know if I noticed this as much in the first time, but mm-hmm. this implication here that he actually hunted the wolf himself a year ago, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. got scratched in the process. And unlike Ambrose does at the end of the movie, he doesn't, like, sort of, like, like you know, die to, to end the spread of it. He... He mm. essentially let the bad thing take over and let the bad part. Mm. So that's why I was talking about how talking about the good side and the bad side and the sort of like t- keeping control of your bad self, not killing it because you can't kill it, but accepting it mm. and understanding it and keeping it in, in check so that the good parts can like, you know, be, be what you, you are in the world to everyone. This guy doesn't do that. This guy lets the wolf take over. So that, that duality of mm. the werewolf and the, you know, the, the, the Jekyll and Hyde of it, if you will, uh, you know, again, it's a metaphor for just people like dealing with their own demons or inner mm. demons, but um i I think that works really well whenever it's brought up in this movie um and he does start preparing he because he because towards the end of the movie he starts like baiting people like intentionally Mm -hmm. so that he's got like like backup (laughs) yeah i like that he's basically like creating like his own like little army which yeah i I think it's wonderful that he realizes that this blind man is actually good enough that it doesn't matter that he's blind he's going (laughs) to kick his ass so he's like no shit i need i need like four other werewolves (laughs) just to make sure i can fight him uh it's it's kind of amazing and it's interesting because he doesn't even like really like it, it seems like he doesn't even ha- like he doesn't have to like transform into a werewolf he kind of just like 
bites them, but like as like a yeah. human, but he's like ripping their flesh off. Like it's still pretty I, honestly intense. where he bites the the arm of the that really bitchy neighbor, the one who kept <laughs> complaining about the main character. Uh, yeah, yeah, when he rips off like part of her arm, that's probably the best mm-hmm. like gore effect of the whole movie. Is that that moment? Sure. It looks really good. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe second best. There's another one that way you mentioned, but uh, <laughs> but that, that's a uh, really good moment. W- one thing, uh, I don't know if um, if you'll agree uh, about this, but the the horror parts of this movie they feel very like '80s to me. Like there's something about the way that they're filmed uh, that just like. You know, like like nothing about the aesthetic, uh, feels eighties. But then, like when I watch the horror scenes, like early on in the beginning, you know, there's a scene where like the werewolf is like jumping through the window, and it's kind of like slow motion. If, like, yeah, if it, I get what you're talking about, it does feel, and maybe that's why the charm of the bad suits kind of works, is because the way it's filmed yeah. also feels kind of old school. Um, and I I think it does help. I think it does make these moments because because you've got like the neighbors on the phone talking to her daughter, so it's it's a very classic sort of eighties yeah. horror movie type scene where you know uh and yeah and even ambrose can hear through the wall that there's something going on because she's like literally next door um i i you know and i think the scene that inspires the villain to start making this rule of army is the scene where he tries to go to see ambrose thinking he can get away with it because he's blind but ambrose just because ambrose like just recently had a fight with his son and his son went away so when he first like hears someone come up he's like oh i don't want to talk about this anymore thinking it's his son mm-hmm. and then when he doesn't get a response he sort of stands up and smells and he he's kind of like looking over and he's like i you know i i know you're there you bastard i can t- i can sense it uh, <laughs> and he's wearing like a hood so we don't know who it is but i think this is the scene where he realizes he's like a formidable foe and it's like oh shit yeah. i'm gonna have to actually uh you know get help i'm gonna have to try and like stack the deck a little bit here um yeah and just all the simple things of like ambrose even like dressing up in his military like his you know his best like mm-hmm military uniform uh mm-hmm. and he gets bullets for like his various guns mm-hmm. and all made in silver he, he sends a message to his because he has a scene with his son where his son comes over and says that they're going to have to move away because you know the, the wife's pregnant and she wants to raise the kid near her family so mm-hmm. they're going to be moving away <clears throat> and ambrose is such a cold bastard he's like oh i'm happy for you but really deadpan <laughs> so it leads to kind of yeah. an argument <laughs> about uh, the yeah. relationship and it's one of those things where he phones with a message like on the on the day before the, the full moon goes down, or you know I mean, the, before the sun goes down, the full moon is up, where he starts a phone message and we don't get to hear the rest of it. And you're like, okay, this is going to play at the end. Like, and yeah. it's going to be really sad when we hear what he said to him, like, you know, at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. What I like about it, though, is mm-hmm. that the sun does show up and sees the tail end of everything. And you get the sense yeah. that him hearing this message made him rush here immediately even though we hadn't heard mm-hmm. it yet, which I, I like that detail. Usually movies will just have them hear it later on as if they've missed everything. Then they get to hear it and it's like, oh, it's sad. And yeah. it still works, but I like that caveat here that he does actually rush down when he hears this. Because it sounds like his dad's about to commit suicide. That, that it sounds really dark and out of context. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but I do like that his son, even if no one will believe him, the son gets to see some werewolves transform back into humans just so that he knows his dad wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. He knows that his dad died like a hero like sort of stopping this thing uh yeah i think that's important for the heart of the movie uh yeah i i think the the end scene when like yeah the the sun comes like rushing in and like sees his dad it's it is uh like yeah pretty emotional like it it does actually uh it's very effective with what what it's trying to do yeah because this whole phone call is just basically you know be be the man i wasn't you know i wasn't the greatest husband i wasn't the greatest father Mm. but i always loved you and i hope that you can be better than i am don't don't obsess over the past look forward uh you know essentially you know let the good side of you be in control push the yeah you know control the bad side not push it down push it down sounds like you're bottling up emotions which is not healthy but you know what i mean like keep in check and i and and i just kind of love that um you know, I, I think it's very relatable. Like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have had, like, similar experiences where, you know, every interaction they have before that is, like, one of frustration and not getting along. Uh, but then still, at the end of the day, you know, their family, they love each other. That, you know, like, um, you know, no matter how frustrated or angry or sometimes you can get, like, yeah, it's still at the end of the day, it's like, well, damn, like... <laughs> you know i i don't i didn't want this to happen yeah i'm like yeah it's uh it's emotional 
Yeah, it's, it's that sad kind of end of your journey thing where he realizes the only thing he was ever good at was being a soldier. So he's going to do one last good yeah. thing as a soldier before he goes. Um, and you know he's going to because because he gets scratched. The first werewolf that attacks him, mm-hmm. he takes down pretty quickly because he I, I like because mm-hmm. he knows it's the neighbor that he didn't like because he says I, I smell the, <laughs> the the perfume bitch <laughs> before he kills her. <laughs> um, but like he gets scratched there, so it's like okay, he's done for. He's already been scratched, so he's going to have to like kill himself mm-hmm. or die in the fight because now it's and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like like it feels like yeah, this was inevitable that this was always going to end with him going out fighting. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a more serious version of Baba Hotep in a lot of ways when you think about it. It's like the serious <laughs> Actually, like, yeah, character drama point. version of Baba Hotep. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, the actual fight though with the because he actually takes on the wolves really, really competently, and it doesn't feel like a cop out either <laughs> that he does able he's able to do it fairly quickly in most cases. There's a couple where he has to kind of like you know scamper away and like regain his bearings. He has to like aim a little bit. Especially the final werewolf, you know, the main werewolf, who is a bit more coy with them and, you know, leads yeah. them around a bit. But I, some of these moments are really fun. Like, he, he shoots one from, like, just the, the window. Uh, but there's one that's great where the werewolf's kind of, like, t- struggling with him. And when he tries to shoot the werewolf, he ends up shooting his own foot. And you can see his toe <laughs> sticking upwards through his shoe. Oof. Yeah. That's a really fun little moment. It's a fun little moment. So, while there's not a lot of horror in the middle, it's all building to it. It does have some really great horror moments uh, at the end, specifically. Uh, yeah, it's still... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's like a big credit to the movie where, uh, yeah, there's a ton of werewolf action, but still manages to be really compelling and entertaining all yeah. the way throughout. And then, like, yeah, and it feels like it brings like a lot of stuff together, like uh, I mean, it's a, it's a very obvious <laughs> Chekhov's gun, but I mean, we see him, you know, loading the gun in the beginning of, of the movie, and um, and yeah, like you know, the I I, I think maybe um, yeah, you know, a little bit uh, like those those old ladies are like, oh, I didn't know a blind man could old uh could own a gun, and like uh, you know, and, and I guess like you know, I probably never really thought about it before, but I like I was a little surprised too, like oh yeah, I mean, uh, I guess. Yeah, uh, what is it safe for like a blind man to own a gun? But then, uh, you know, I love uh, at the end here he shows like yeah he is very competent with it and you know he's able to yeah you know, like hear and smell these people out and uh, take them out, which is really nice and kind of even like I, I guess I wasn't really thinking about it uh, too much at the time when I was watching the movie, but I, I guess this is like uh, you know you can see it as uh, also being like very reminiscent to his time in the war like. You know, he's talking before about the, you know, monologue with the kid with the grenade, you know, strapped mm. to his, uh, you know, to him coming at him, and and now you have like, all right, this werewolf is also sending like these innocent people, you know, like, uh, you know, being a werewolf, it was kind of like a grenade, like you know, you have this thing that's waiting to go off, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, you know, sending him to him, uh, so you know, it all fits in very nicely. Yeah, but it becomes an actual, you know, war, for lack of a better word, it becomes yeah. a military. Mm-hmm like almost tactical piece of combat and i think that's perfect because it's the whole point is is that he's able to do this and he's able to use his skill set to actually pull this off and obviously he he dies but uh you know he's able to go out the hero that he kind of always wanted to be um and it's it's still bittersweet it's sad that he still failed in his life at being all these other things but (laughs) he wants to go out doing the, the one thing he's good at one last time and the one bit of good that he can do is like sort of protect other people from this fate and the fact that his son knows this and the son sort of you know he the son is the one it's a very quiet funeral it's only him and his wife but the son you know mm-hmm. picks up the rifle for the the military salute um and you know the movie ends with him shooting at the moon uh it's really delightful now one thing we did gloss over though is that uh so there's a good scene where the priest comes to talk to ambrose at his house and again mm-hmm. they bond they talk about the good side and the bad side all that but he uh, he goes to the guy who's a werewolf, right? And it turns mm-hmm. out that he kind of knows some stuff about this. He doesn't actually believe that he's a werewolf. He thinks he's superstitious, and he's basically tried. Mm-hmm. He's, he's given him some like prayers and beads and things to make him like realize because he knows he's killing dogs, but he doesn't actually believe that he's a werewolf and that he's killing people. He doesn't believe that's him. Um, mm-hmm. but the werewolf guy's like, no, nah, I'm basically throwing the towel. I'm you know I'm about to kill you probably. The transformation scene, I I don't think is mostly any good it's mostly kind of shit <laughs> however there's one part of it that is actually quite good and it's the part mm-hmm. where like the werewolf teeth are there and then he mm-hmm. essentially like rips open his face oh, yeah, yeah. almost like yes. superman ripping open his shirt to reveal the s it's like the hands <laughs> ripping apart the face to reveal the werewolf head 
is actually really cool. Uh, that's the one. Pr- I mean, the werewolf head it looks shit because, as we've established previously, the werewolves look really bad. <laughs> but the actual effect of the skin ripping apart uh, was really good. Yeah. So I I, I gotta ask. I, mm-hmm. I want to see where you, where you stand on this because, uh, yeah, like the actual like full body werewolves, they don't look great. But I want to, I I, I want to see if you think they look better or worse than what I think is maybe one of the worst. <laughs> werewolf costumes ever uh which are the werewolves and buffy <laughs> i'll be honest they're kind of on par <laughs> they're kind of on par but you do agree the werewolves and buffy don't look great though right yeah i'll never argue that well you think i'm going to defend okay. them because i like buffy <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was trying i was trying to see if you were going no, to no 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 Did that. disagree with that okay the, the werewolf outfits and buffy look like cheap costumes that they didn't have time to actually do anything with and these feel similar to me in this to be honest yeah uh, okay but given this is actually a werewolf movie i'd expect a bit more effort put into the werewolf sure, sure. whereas whereas with that at least it's okay so we've got a werewolf episode and a show that has 22 mm-hmm. episodes a season i get why they don't have the budget or the time to do anything else yeah the werewolves and buffy they always looked a bit more ape like to me yes like they kind of look like like gorillas or like small sasquatches or something <laughs> yeah they, they don't look good i i, I will concur yeah. that um but okay he's don't look good either so <laughs> i'm just i'm putting that out there um it's actually a testament that the movie's as good as it is despite the fact that the rules yeah, themselves totally. look shit <laughs> like, and this is the thing like there's so much of the movie is the build-up to the second full moon and, you know, mm-hmm. the mentioning, you know, the film is coming, you know, it's like tomorrow night, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a testament to the film that it never does get dull. I mean, as long as you're yeah. someone who, like, if you're someone who's, how do I say this, it's not insulting. If you're someone who constantly needs things happening because you're maybe a, a, more of a, you know, smoke and mirrors movie watcher who needs the flashbangs and the, mm-hmm. the <laughs> your constant action happening. Yes, yeah. flare. This movie's not for you, but if you appreciate actual good character interactions and writing and like this mm-hmm. the, the build and just the the idea of this guy gradually gearing up for for this mm-hmm. this thing, Wells kind of learning about him and learning why we should care about him going out on his last hurrah, taking out this werewolf. Like this is a war that he can win, um, in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, I think it's a really strong movie in, in that sense and totally. Yeah. Uh, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, and it is well directed. Uh, to be fair, uh, is the werewolves look shit, but I think the direction's pretty <laughs> solid in most cases. There's a couple of really good sequences, especially once he's sneaking around the house at the end, and the werewolves are mm-hmm. sort of like jumping in and coming after him. Yeah, uh, at least one werewolf gets his head completely like blown apart with a shotgun, <laughs> with like with silver, yeah. uh, silver buckshot, which is uh, you know, this is fun. Um. Yeah, no, it's totally, uh, yeah, like, it, it really works, and um, it, I, I can definitely see why, like, maybe this didn't make a huge splash when it came out, but I love that, you know, it seems like something that, <clears throat> you know, people come around to, and, you know, I, I think, like, maybe, like, casual, <laughs> uh, you know, like, people that aren't, like, you know, huge horror fans, um, you know, maybe they might not love it or ever even know what it is but it's nice to see that you know it has like a little bit of uh you know some steam in like the horror community like it, it's definitely what i hear people bring up now whenever you talk about like werewolf movies especially when it's like all right well yeah other than the you know big two or three that everyone knows like yeah here's like another one a good one to check out yeah it's, it's nice that there's actually some options now if you want to have a werewolf night mm-hmm. there's, there's a few films that can be thrown into the mix that are worth watching so uh, and hopefully some of the other stuff we watched this month. Now, admittedly, we are doing a couple of the biggies this month, so there's a couple of safe bets, but hopefully some of the other ones we do uh, are also going to be ones that are worth watching, and we'll, yeah. we'll get to it. But, uh, yeah, Late Phase is a very pleasant uh, surprise, a good little character <coughs> film. Um, and I think just having that focus and making it a character study first of a werewolf movie um, mm-hmm. uh, makes it really stand out, I think, and just the, the premise not just being, oh, there's a werewolf here and <laughs> characters have to deal with it. Like, so many movies are just, okay, how do these teenagers or adults react to a werewolf being around? 
Um, so I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ultimately, the character is just really good. Uh, he's a he's a dick, but he's a kind of a likable <laughs> dick. Um, you know, yeah. he's he's borderline problematic almost with a couple of his insults, but just in a realistic way. Where yeah, he's an older guy. He has a bit of maybe an old fashioned viewpoint on a couple of things. Not nothing too serious, mm-hmm. but just little things that make it feel a bit more realistic that he's not just yeah you know uh so but there you go that's a uh, late phases so i guess i'm going to ask the question tim what are you going to rate it yeah uh you know I, I think i will go relatively high and uh and give it an eight um because yeah, I, I was kind of jumping back and forth between 7.5 uh and that but you know what uh like we kind of mentioned before um how you know watching this a second time like i still really dug it um you know possibly even more than the first time um so uh, yeah i think it definitely has staying power and um yeah it's certainly not perfect uh and but uh, again i think there's a charm to it i think it's a great little character study you know it feels very unique again it's like playing with you know like themes and characters that you you don't really see in like most horror movies and like especially most like werewolf movies and um yeah no i was really happy to, to watch it again and i'm sure it won't be the last time so uh yeah i'll give it an eight and um yeah i guess uh you know i i uh would you know say if hey you know if people like this if you like werewolf stories uh always good to remember that i have a werewolf comic book out uh, <laughs> called president werewolf uh you can buy online or, or from me um i mean by the time this oh, there you go. <laughs> uh by the time this comes out the second issue will definitely be out the third issue may even be out uh, at this point so um since this is in the the future but yeah obviously <laughs> i'll probably recommend that uh through all the werewolf movies we do this month but uh yeah uh, so i guess um yeah uh, eight out of ten for late phases and ten out of ten for present <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think Tim is ready for me to have the uh, the little advert <laughs> pop up on the screen advertising his comic book. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I yeah, I don't remember what I gave this when I saw it the first time. Um, I think it was a little bit lower, but not much. But I think I'm going to agree and give it the eight. I, I think this is exactly the sort of low budget gem that maybe yeah. isn't. It's not quite up to the standards of say something like uh, I don't know, let me see. And obviously not a real movie, but something like, you know, when you discover Let the Right One In, where it's like, oh no, this is like literally yeah. one of the best horror movies of all time. And it's, it's, it's in that right. upper pantheon of, you know, it should be in everyone's top 20 or 50 or whatever it ends up fitting in. This isn't quite that, mm-hmm. but this is one of those great low-budget gems that slipped through the radar, slipped through the cracks, and then when you discover it, it goes, no, this is a great little movie that I, I would happily have in my collection. Mm-hmm. And... and something that okay now when i'm maybe not talking about horror movies of all time but it's definitely one that's worth watching and one that definitely mm-hmm. belongs in the top five top ten werewolf movies and i'm sure one day we'll do a werewolf you know top sure. ten mm-hmm. but um yeah i, I think char- if you if you nail character first and make mm-hmm. everything going on be about that character's arc almost everything else will either fall into place or be forgivable if it doesn't work up or live up to the, the good qualities and i think this is an example of that where the character is so entertaining to watch his journey is understandable his arc is engaging and and sympathetic and bittersweet and all these things and most of the other things do work but the you know the few things that don't like say the werewolves looking like shit uh it doesn't matter as much because i care about what's yeah. going on i care about what he's doing and about him having his last hurrah and and, and winning so uh and not letting the uh the bad side win so no uh yeah 10 for me too so there you go if you've made it this far in the review on the youtubes uh put the word shadow in the comments that is of course the name of his dog which meets meets Mm -hmm. his demise early on and you can uh yeah you can you can do that so uh let us know you got that far uh, you can also, of course, uh, check out Tim's pose for the thumbnail, which he's about to do, <laughs> unless you're on the audio version, in which case you don't give a shit. And this is just a weird mm-hmm. bit at the end of every podcast episode where you hear me react to whatever weird face Tim makes. Mm-hmm. But here we go. Three, two, one, pose. <laughs> Tim is howling at the moon 
uh, <laughs> I would describe that as. Um, <laughs> also, both me and Tim tend to let our beards grow in a bit, so we're both looking quite werewolf-esque at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not my forehead, admittedly, but that's, you know, I can't, I can't battle signs. Uh, I think I was, I was talking about uh, a, b- a bunch of werewolf stuff on, on Twitter on... I think when I watched this on Friday, <laughs> and mm. I was just saying, like, I, I feel like there aren't any movies, like, you know, they, they show the transformation, and they show, like, all those parts of the, you know, person getting hairy, and I feel like they don't, there's no werewolf movie where they just, like, show, like, the person's ass just, like, <laughs> starting to grow hair. <laughs> Although, I did appreciate in this one, actually, one, one little detail in the transformation is that there's a moment where you sort of see all the human teeth come flying out. Uh, mm. and hitting the floor which made me think wait so every time he transforms back did all of his human teeth grow in from scratch yeah that's that. a very painful it process. sounds painful but it also sounds <laughs> like an easy way to avoid like ever having to care about the dentist if you <laughs> if your that's teeth true, are just yeah. brand new yeah. every month like okay <laughs> these are perfect again <clears throat> look at me go um so there you go that's late phases uh so hopefully you've enjoyed uh our k- kind of more low-key there's a, there a couple of ones that i wanted to put in this month but I was surprised to find that the heavy hitters we haven't done. So yes, this month mm-hmm. we'll have the two big heavy hitters, which we've never done before. Uh, well, actually, that's not entirely true. One we did do early on, but that was in the dark days before we got good. If we're even good now, mm. which is debatable. But um, okay. But you're getting the heavy hitters. Plus, there was a vote on Patreon, uh, which we did way back in like November, October. Anyway. Whoever won that werewolf <laughs> is also getting done. Uh, so hopefully you're looking forward to the rest of Werewolf Month. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, so journey. I mean, it's not as discovering as the last couple of months for us because again, mm-hmm. it is most of the heavy hitters that we haven't gotten around to yet. But it's an excuse mm-hmm. to do some of those big movies, and hopefully, uh, you guys are along for the ride. So. Uh, as we said earlier, the like, subscribe, very important, as is patreon.com slash TV if you want to support us financially over there for as little as a dollar per month. Uh, get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight for updates and wacky shenanigans, usually coming from Tim because he's, I don't know, talking about Leprechaun in the hood and Brahms in the... Walt. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for something more ridiculous than hood, I don't know. <laughs> Bra- Brahms in the Amish community. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yes, so yeah, go over and do that. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies. And also, Beware the Full Moon. We'll see you next time.